the Portland is Home team talks real estate. Whether you live here or you're on your way, Audra and Andrew Galler work hard to welcome you home. They make the whole real estate process attainable, educational, and fun. After all, it is the biggest transaction of your life. The Portland is Home team talks real estate. I'm Michelle O'Dell, your host, and now, Audra and Andrew Galler. Hi, thanks, Michelle. Michelle, how's it going? <laughs> um, you know, we're on phase, what is this, phase one all over again with the pandemic. So, you know, stocking up on toilet paper, holding my breath, <laughs> wearing a mask. Uh, this pandemic, I do look for silver linings everywhere I go. And the one, and, and there are very few right now, mm-hmm. right? Like painfully, uh, it's close to zero, maybe negative one. The exception of, I have started to work on my musical that will be coming out post pandemic and uh, the working title right now is postamic the musical <laughs> so nice uh, it's, a, yeah. it's a tragic musical comedy <laughs> and where we delve deep into uh, lost despair and uh, hopefully six months from now redemption you know we'll see you are real estate royalty and you're still busy all the time. Audra and I, and I think everyone else in the world, frankly, is if my anecdotal evidence is any indication, is that we all have to work 40% harder just to stay in the same place. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd be curious true. to get feedback from that from the world at large. We so, have been busy from a confluence of events, all of our new abnormal world. Mm-hmm. Uh, our day to day is our kids are on their little zoom meetings and so they have to have and you can't have the things too close to each other because they feed back and then audra and i can't be too close because i i have been told i speak kind of loudly just so, a good booming voice that's all it is right you can't help it uh, so i think that we're all experiencing that and so i think that's a lot of what the ceo of zillow i read an article by him and he was talking about this era being called the great reshuffling a lot of people don't need to drive an hour to their downtown offices and as such, need space indoors. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and then a little bit of room outside. Since we're not going anywhere else all day right. and night, mm-hmm. 30% of that time we spent not at home or is now at home. So mm-hmm. what are we doing? Mm-hmm. But if I'm not mistaken, the episode we're working on right now is uh, Talking Turkey. Am I Talking right? Turkey. All of that, like figuring out that you don't have to go into the office anymore, is part of why we are so busy. Because mm-hmm. one, people are deciding, hey, Thank I don't you. have to live in uh, the Bay or... LA perhaps and I can get Manhattan and I yeah Manhattan huge and I can get more land more space more house for the family the other thing is hey we're in our house all the time now which we weren't before and now we're realizing this house doesn't work for what we need it's actually either too small the layout isn't working I need two offices now I've got the kids need their space we've got zoom stations you know there's a lot of things that and so they're coming a lot of people are coming to us saying we need to you know find a find a place that works a little bit better for us this one is not working and then oh and then some people are saying I don't want to be too close in the city now. I want some land space because the kids need to run. So then they're moving into a different direction. So a lot of different avenues of people that are deciding with this great reshuffling mm-hmm. uh, how to go ahead and proceed for the next three, five, you know, 10 years, which mm. if you have kids, that's like a, the majority of the time that they're at home with you. Right. Well, and that coupled with what we saw this spring is that 
usually inventory, the number of homes, surges really greatly increases in May, June, July. And it didn't happen. And so the amount of homes available were down by close to half. So that really had a lot to do with buyers just working extra hard to get into contract to find a home where they can get a lot of competition because supply was down. And for the reasons we just went over, demand was up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What were the numbers that went up for buyers? So it all depends on if we look at certain zip codes or the entire metro region, but it's in the strong 40% of inventory, especially in July, August, September. It was mm-hmm. uh, mid 40%-ish, whatever, 46. You know, again, there's some wiggle room there, but of uh, fewer homes on the market than that time last year. And then again, depending on exactly when and price point, blah, blah, blah. We saw somewhere between, in some zip codes, 9%, and other zip codes, like 17% more mm. pending sales. So supply was down by close to a half, and demand pending sales were up between a fifth and sometimes a quarter, you know, 25% more. Again, it mm-hmm. all depends on areas mm-hmm. and price points. But, but, but overall, yeah. Bottom it was... line of it is supply way down, demand way up. That's the, a sure thing. We just started phase one all over again. So it's like Groundhog Day. You know, we're just like doing it all over again. And we have to redo all the COVID stuff, even though our rules haven't changed a ton. Now we're, you know, we're doing this Matterport, which is a 3D tour of home. And now a lot of agents are asking the showing agent and the prospective buyers to sign paperwork that says, I reviewed the 3D tour. I reviewed the photos. I reviewed the floor plan. And yes, mm. this all still does appeal to me. I would like to come see your home to reduce the amount of exposure. That's a smart idea. I wish we could do that even without a pandemic because sometimes mm-hmm. you go ahead and you get that right off the table. It saves you time. It saves us time. It's not a bad idea. I think it's, a lot of things are going to yeah. be adopted because of this pandemic from now on. I mean, you still have to feel the house. I mean, there's no sure. doubt about it. But it, but what it will do is it will eliminate a lot of folks who are just curious what the exactly. house is like. And it's going to really just focus on the people who are legitimately interested in seeing if it actually does work and that's the thing like you you have to get inside the house and that's Mm -hmm. you know and that can be scary for some sellers and so we get it so but then now we're in this situation where we still have this demand and we are still struggling to get inventory on the market regarding talking turkey and talking dollars and what's 400 500 600 thousand dollars get you that's got to play into this whole episode so it depends on where you're coming if Mm -hmm. you're coming from another west coast city we're incredibly affordable if you're coming from oklahoma or even arizona it's going to be a little sticker shock no matter what because the west coast is always that said you can find incredible homes for all the different price points and so, and the reason I say this is because first-time home buyers are in the lower price points mm-hmm. for the most part. Not all of first-time home buyers, but a lot of first-time home buyers are younger, maybe starting a family. They have other expenses, so they have to be frugal with what they can spend and what their mm-hmm. monthly outlay is going to be. And that said, we have worked with multiple price points. We have three hundred fifty thousand dollars price points. We have four hundred thousand dollars price points. You're not going to get the big giant palatial estate, obviously, mm-hmm. but you're going to get a two bedroom, maybe even a three bedroom or two bedroom den, two bedroom, one bath. Sometimes you can get super lucky and get a two, two, two mm. bedrooms, two bathrooms for that price point. You're mm-hmm. going to be out a little further unless you want a condo, but you're going to be out a little further. If you haven't been to Portland 
or if you don't know, our sprawl is non-existent pretty much. Mm -hmm. So 20 minutes out of town, you can find really nice priced homes and you're not that far away. Right. We have this imaginary line around the entire city called the urban growth boundary. And that urban growth boundary is reviewed every 10 years, I believe. And they determine based on population growth, if they have to adjust the line at all. But beyond that line, there's no development. Mm -hmm. So we can sprawl to that line and then you stop and then it has to be reevaluated. It allows the farms and the ranches and the vineyards to have their space not be that far out of town. Mm -hmm. Like we were saying our last episode, we were talking about going to wine country 20 minutes, 45 minutes away, 20 minutes, you're starting it. That's incredible. The way that we accomplish that is with this urban growth boundary, which can inflate the price of houses, but we're Mm -hmm. still for the West Coast, incredibly affordable. What are your thoughts on that, Andrew? When you're talking turkey, tell me sort of your process on that. As we've discussed earlier, Audra and I have been doing this close to 20 years. And when we first began, I remember our our average sales price was about 180,000. And I remember my first house with incredible clarity, the first place we ever did at 400,000. And I was like, wow, it's so expensive. So it's mind boggling 20 years later that the new entry point for a home here, 400s, yes, there are things that are less expensive than that. We have done a number of sales this year in the uh, high twos, low threes, and they do exist. They're becoming more and more the exception though. Mm. So if you're familiar with Portland, the suburbs on the east side are Gresham, and to a lesser extent, Canby, which is very rural. If you go on the west side, Beaverton, Bethany, these are the western suburbs of Portland. Tiger Tualatin, you go down south. And so eternal truth of the world are the further away you go from a city center. We'll see how this plays out post-pandemic. Yeah, uh, It'll be interesting, for lack of a better term, to see if these hold true. But as of right now, okay, and we're in November 2020, your Tiger Tualatins and all these outlying areas on a price per square foot basis, dollar per square foot basis, are less expensive than the closer in we go. So 25300 really gets you something very small, or as we say in real estate, cozy. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. You know, and in decent shape or something that needs a lot of love uh, or sweat or <laughs> work, right? With a lot of deferred maintenance and a state of disrepair. Uh, choose your own terminology as you see <laughs> right. fit. When I first started in 2001, for some reason, every person was like, nah, I'd like to have like an acre and walk to coffee. I was like, okay, do you see how those are diametrically opposed ideas? But, <laughs> but I would I would say, oh my God, that sounds great. Let, let's go look for something like that. And now everybody wants to be, you know, a really affordable home close to coffee, okay? mm-hmm. what, which are yeah. also challenging to find. Okay. So 400 gets you something that put a pin in the middle of a circle and as we get closer to that middle point mm-hmm. the closer we are the less house less bang you're going to get for your buck mm-hmm. so 400 mm-hmm. we could still get right now we're in bidding wars for those mm-hmm. uh, right now we're in bidding wars for almost every price point we really are and some of the sticklers are and we can explore condominiums but as we all know or as if you don't know when you do a condominium you're going to have a homeowners association fees we call them hoas And when you look at that, plus the taxes, even if you pay the place off, you will still have those two expenses for the rest Mm -hmm. of your life. And you're going to have some of those expenses, even if you don't pay an HOA, because with the HOA, they're going to take care of the siding and the roof and maybe, maybe case by case basis, some of the utilities. 
So you're either going to pay it up front or in the back end, whatever. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, for a low maintenance lifestyle, condominium is a great option. That's what you give a 400. You know, it's a mm-hmm. kind of a nebulous talk, but it, what I, the diatribe I just got done saying, but it really is case by case because it's good. We're going to have to talk about location. And mm-hmm. if we're close in 400 challenging to find, we have some people in contract right now at that price point. It's doable, but it's trending away. Hey, one of the things about that, though, is, and we're going to talk about this in a future episode, is the bidding war, how you win the bidding war. Because we are in bidding wars, just as, on a side note, whether you're doing a $350,000, $400,000 home or you're doing a $1.7 million home. We're in bidding wars, even right. though what does this get you in this neighborhood? So, you know, we said 400,000, we can get you, you're going to be out a little bit. It's fine. 500, a little closer in 600, you know, you're like on the outskirts of Portland mm-hmm. for, you know, we're talking family homes. Like I'm going to do a three, two, like for mm-hmm. just for instance, 700, you guess you scoot in a little more up and up. And once you get into places like the West Hills, which for those of you not in Portland, the West Hills sit on the west side of of the city, hence the name. You start going up, you get views, you're going to get views of the city, you're going to get views of the mountain, you go to the flip side of the the west side of the hills, and you're going to get the territorial views going toward the coast. Those houses are going to be in the one and a half, Mm. all the way up to three, four, five million dollars. But so that's how we're getting in. Drive till you qualify. (laughs) Oh, drive till you qualify. That's what it was. Drive till you qualify. (laughs) Drive till you qualify. (laughs) And, you know, you start off and then you come in, you know, but three, two in the city. So we're like getting into the city proper zip codes, like right there. You're going to really have to really consider around that 800,000 mark. Okay. Okay. And then if you want something totally done, beautiful, you know, the marble waterfall island, you're going to be at a million, a million up. And we're going to start going up from there. And sometimes you're going to walk into houses. Portland has a lot of old housing stock, you know, in the core. And it's not going to be perfect. It's old. It's an old house that has been remodeled. And it's, you know, $1.2 million. Mm. But you can also find you scoot out a little bit or you find that little bit of a smaller house and, you know, you're at 800. You scoot out a little further. Andrew's showing me something right now. 500,000, 33. Where is it? Sumner. Oh, on Sumner. Oh, my gosh. So this is in the city. It looks like it could use like, okay, so it needs paint. Definitely. It needs paint, but it's so it, cool, though. It's cool. So this is a home built in 1995, 1,684 square feet, three bed, three bath. So under 500, totally doable, you know. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting to know is like that house is about $2,200 a month. Oh, I'm so glad you brought that up because I was going to talk about rent versus own. So this is totally doable and it's available. You know, there is this stuff around and these are close to our office. And so if you don't know, we are located in Boise Elliott between Williams and Vancouver. Yeah, right on the Williams Corridor. Close to Legacy Emanuel and three minutes from downtown, maybe seven, depending on yeah, traffic. Yeah, pretty great. So it's a great street. So just that 500000 So what that is not going to get you is mm-hmm. one of the top or higher rated school districts. Cause you're right, but if you don't care about school districts. But if districts, you then. aren't there yet or yeah. you're, you know, you're young and you're just starting out, hey, this is a great starter home. Mm-hmm. Put some paint into it. Put some sweat equity into it and mm-hmm. come back to us and we'll sell it for you Swequity. in <laughs> three years, five years, whatever. I know that everybody wants, you know, they have an ideal of what they want. And mm-hmm. sometimes you have to pick your compromise. Exactly. And, yeah, we call and, buying a home, the game show, pick your compromise. 
and you don't Today, get to be in the top school district in the great home mm-hmm. for 500000 mm-hmm. That's not what you're going to get. But right. what you're going to get is the opportunity to own a home exactly. that's close in. Which is what you were about to say about renting and mm-hmm. as far as or spending Rent money versus on a mortgage. Own. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And with interest rates as low as they are right now, y'all should be buying a house. Okay, maybe not all of you who don't really want to buy a house, but everybody else, you should be buying a house. The interest rates are ridiculous. 2.5, I just saw one of our buyers get on a rate for their first time ownership. It's cheaper for them to buy the house than it is to rent. Build your equity in your house. Build your wealth. Start building your wealth. And real estate, owning a house, you're going to pay rent somewhere. Pay it to yourself and make Mm -hmm. this money back in the future. Build your wealth. Well, and I'll tell you about that. You know, no one explained this to me when I was younger and had the money and didn't buy when I was living in Chicago is that a few things said differently, but they're the same thing is that we are all paying to sleep somewhere every night. And at the Mm -hmm. end of the day, we're either paying our mortgage or not our mortgage. So the question is, and and listen, when you're young, when it depends on your station in life, right? If you might be moving in a few years, you got career, you got this, you got that, whatever. Don't buy. If you're not going to stay in it for at least five years, don't even, I don't even want to sell it to you. I will because, you know, I like to support my family. And maybe three years, three years. Three, yeah, on the inside. Exactly. Makes sense. And in addition to paying a mortgage, whether it's yours or not yours, what no one explained to me in ways I could understand, people probably tried. I just wasn't receptive to it. So it could be on me. Often is operator error, right, (laughs) on my part. But, but. It's so interesting, too, when we talk to people, because sometimes the conversation about buying a home is a financial decision. Mm-hmm. Other times it's a lifestyle thing. And, but since we're talking about the building equity and the business side of it includes, certainly not limited to, is that uh, if you were to purely from the investment standpoint of it, if one were to go buy $10,000 worth of stock, you have to spend $10,000 out of your pocket. And if it goes up 10%, you made a thousand. Yeah, It's a good deal, right? You make 20% return. You got two grand, which is great. The thing about buying real estate though, and again, most of buying real estate, in my opinion, is not about the money. It's about family, home, being able to lock in a payment, being able to create stability in your life, being able to paint a room black if you want to, mm, exactly. and put up shelves wrong, do whatever you want, your house. No one can tell you what to do. You're not renting. Some people, that is the reason for buying. But for the people, and, and, and sometimes we're half and half. Sometimes it's mm. also about the financial thing. You want to build up equity and lock in a payment, okay? But on the financial side of it purely, if you buy a $400,000 house and put 10% down, which is 40000 and by the way, Let's do a future episode where we invite one of our lenders in to help us explain that you don't need 20% down. People I thought that are, was, th- you had to. I thought you it was, don't. Like you had to do that. Huge misnomer. So let's do another episode yes. where, where we talk about this because there are options. There are 0% loans. Not always. They come and go. But there are, we've been, we've had clients this year who've done 5% down, 10% down and 20% down. We've had some people do 50% down, but it's not 100%. We need to divorce ourselves from the thought that if I can't do 20% down, I can't buy a home. It's just not true. There are options. How did that rumor start? Well, it started for good reasons because there were, a t- listen, banks didn't used to be in uh, stocks and now they oh, are. Okay. Everything evolves and everything changes, right? It's a glacial mm-hmm. thing and then it happens all at once. We're like, wow, that happened quick. It actually took 30 years, right? It would take more time than this episode we have to descri- to tell mm-hmm. you why there's 20% down. But basically, 
part of the same conversation about appraisals. We all think appraisals are an objective statement of value. My experience is opposite of that. And it's really not about us finding out that the thing we're buying is worth the money we're spending. It's more about <laughs> that there's an entity out there called the bank or your lender who's going to loan you a few hundred thousand dollars and they need to know that if you default, they can have an asset back that's worth the money. So appraisals are not there to let you know, oh my God, you spent 600,000 and it's worth every penny. You didn't overpay. That's not what they're there for. I know that's what we think for reasons that make sense. And that's the thing is that there's a whole bunch of stuff that makes sense. And that's why we think it. And it may not be the the 100% of the truth, not mm -hmm. without truth, just not the whole story. So anyways, back to this whole thing about investing in real estate is that if you're going to go buy a home that you're going to live in and you do put 20% down or 10% or whatever it is, if it goes up 10%, unlike a stock, which if your $10,000 in stock goes up 10% and you make a thousand, if you put 10% down on a $400,000 home, you put 40,000 down, you don't make 10% on your investment. You don't, you know, which is 40,000. You don't now have 44,000. Mm -mm. You make 10% on the leveraged asset which by the way zillow is predicting almost all the zip codes in metro portland are going to go up about seven percent in the next 12 months but if it went up ten percent on four hundred thousand, be 40 grand now you're gonna have realtor fees so you're not going to realize all that but if you compound it over multiple three, years five ten years even if appreciation settles back down so but that's the why the investment's worth the thing about the ownership though is that going back to that you're going to pay rent somewhere mm -hmm. and so I tell people when you're thinking of building wealth, don't get caught up on too much of the small stuff. Look at the big picture. Mm -hmm. First of all, let's talk about the fact that you're going to pay rent somewhere. So pay yourself. And then mm -hmm. if you are doing a great job and your own businesses, you know, your job, your employment, you're, you know, moving up, you got some raises and you can afford to buy a second place. Let's try to hold on to that place, rent mm -hmm. that out. So now you're getting passive income mm -hmm. and then you're buying the next place. That's one way to build wealth. The other way is if you sold it and then reinvested the profit into the new house and now you're getting a bigger house for your family for maybe the same-ish monthly payment. Right. And so you're building, there's two different ways that you can go that you can build your wealth for your future. Once your mortgage is paid off, let's say you do a 15 year. So if you do, a, let's say you do a 30 year. If you do a 30 year mortgage and you, and you send mm -hmm. one additional payment in, you will reduce your time frame by like 14 years. And it's incredible because you, this is this is a real product. You know, the stock mm -hmm. market is great. People do well in the stock market. And we do. We have money in the stock market. Mm -hmm. We have investment portfolios. But real estate, you see it, you own it, you can improve it, you mm -hmm. sell it, you can, it's you know. You, tangible. It's such a tangible way to build wealth. Mm -hmm. and, and today, you have to be diverse. You mm -hmm. have to have that diversification with your, your money. And real estate is a fantastic way to actually have a product. I love it. I We got into real estate after doing another career. We were both in film, TV, and going into real estate was new for us. Mm -hmm. And I look back and I, I just think how lucky to be put into this position and realize how you know it is still creative for us because mm -hmm. we do listings and we do a whole listing program so we have all that creative stuff going on too but building wealth i, I i'm passionate about that well speaking of that you touched on strategy that allows you to reduce the amount of time your mortgage is going to be from 30 years to 15 ish right mm -hmm. so you could get a 15-year mortgage which forces you to have a mm -hmm. higher payment what i like about that strategy is is if you have a bad year you can keep the lower payment 
you know, mm-hmm. like this year. If you struggled this year, if you, you know, weren't, uh, you know, anything, then you have a lower basis, right, mm-hmm. for your expenses every month. The big thing, though, if you if one is able to squeak out an extra payment each year straight to principal, that will reduce the amount of time that you're going to have that mortgage, which reduces significantly the amount of money you pay for the money you borrowed. Mm -hmm. And before COVID, we would go to every signing on a closing. We'd go to the escrow company and sit with them there for uh, support and questions to be answered. Mm-hmm. And there's always a document right towards the end. There's the amortization table. And you would see every year uh, they make you sign it so they can't say you didn't know that in the beginning, it's an inverse thing. Mm-hmm. What we're paying off the first like five or six years is all Damn. the interest because those Damn. people who gave you that money, they want their money first. Mm-hmm. And right. then at the end of the term of the 30 year, let's say mortgage, yeah. you're paying your principal all mm-hmm. right. And then in between it, and it's an inverse thing in the beginning, you're paying all the interest, then you pay the principal. Uh, but if you can start knocking down that principal and you reduce the term of it from 30 to 15, when you see and they make you sign it, how much you spend, let's say you buy a $400,000 home by the end of it, you're paying it's like 650 close to 700,000 for borrowing the money. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But then like you save your family doesn't put out that extra few hundred thousand dollars and it is significant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it a really little is. bit more every year can really save you a lot of money, mm-hmm. you know, that you can build your own wealth or go on vacation with, you know? So it's significant. Back to talking turkey. What can you get on a three bedroom, two bath? Right now there's a home on the market in Irvington. For those of you who don't know, is a neighborhood that often has tree-lined streets, mm-hmm. walkable neighborhoods, and on certain days there's children playing in slow motion through a sprinkler <laughs> with a golden retriever chasing them, and maybe there's a kid with an easel on doing watercolors or something. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, uh, but that's seven. There's there's one. It's a three-bedroom, two-bath, twenty-six hundred and twenty-six square feet, seven hundred and fifty thousand. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you could get that. Look, it's got a wraparound porch, hardwood mm. floors, uh, a nice fireplace. I would redo the surround because it's got red tile. I'm not a fan of that. But here's the thing. Here's your sweat equity. Get in that house. Sweat pick equity. your compromise. They can help yeah, if if it. necessary. Enjoy it because now you got into right. this fabulous neighborhood for this price or then sell it or buy another place and rent it. You know, there's, look, there's so many avenues to do with, with real estate. And look, here's yes. another house on Belmont, close between 24th and 25th. Belmont's a bit of a busy street, but it's newer construction. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's built in 2017. Three bed, four baths. There's bathrooms everywhere in this house. What? Like you can't, you can't, you, you're in striking distance at all times. 1,942 <laughs> square feet, okay? It's a row home, a lot of stairs, hardwood. How much is that? And that's on this a busy street, too. 685. 685. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's got the great room, right? You got mm-hmm. your kitchen. If we find ourselves in Beaumont, Wilshire neighborhood, mm-hmm. for instance, here's one for 800,000. Three bed, three bath, 3,000 square feet. Ooh. Yeah. Huh? Wow. And you could walk to New Seasons. Like you said before, as far as talking turkey, it's about the neighborhood. And each neighborhood, there's the, the, the low points and the high points and the low prices and the higher prices. The closer you are to the city, the more expensive, more on the outskirts. You get more house for, for less money. 
what we love is to have consultations with first time buyer or, or you know first time with us buyers not a first time home buyer but buyers who are entering the market looking for something and we do a zoom call and we start talking what what are what's important to you what's not as important to you what do you want your monthly payment to be and then we start looking at houses and then we go from there and let's talk about wealth building oh it might not be as important to you but let's talk about it let's have a conversation of all of this stuff so that you're well informed, you're well educated, we can then move from there. So that's it. Talking turkey. We have talked turkey, except we didn't talk about the turkey. On my notes, it's the the best part about Audra's turkey dinner is that there isn't going to be turkey, right? It says turkey. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so there are aspects of Thanksgiving dinner that I love. I mean, who doesn't love stuffing? And I also... I don't. I also, I'm not a fan. There I said <laughs> Okay. And I also <laughs> really love from my childhood that sweet potato thing with the marshmallows on <laughs> top. Okay, I absolutely. Like that. It's so good. That's delicious. It's so yeah. good. And Andrew's grandmother, when she was alive, made a uh, like a creamy corn. I don't know what it was. It was like a I sheet. I don't know what pan. that was, but I like that. But that I have was, the recipe, and it's really yeah. good. And it's See, when when that hits the table, it's like that scene from uh, Ratatouille where the food critic eats the ratatouille at the end, and it brings him back to his childhood. Yeah, that's what that's like. yeah. Oh, sure I know. That's all. I'm gonna cry. I'm gonna cry. And the thing about yeah. Thanksgiving, which oh, I know the God, the holiday all of our holidays are being rethought as we all should be rethinking all of this Mm -hmm. and I do want to acknowledge that and I also want to acknowledge that growing up we all had different things whatever you're you know you have a comfort food you have you know something that reminds you of childhood and so those for me I never have been a big fan of turkey even when I was a kid you know Andrew's parents always get a heritage turkey they go pick it out they're in indiana well the turkey they get slept in someone's bed every night it grew up was like, was like red stories <laughs> you know it's like right, yeah, yeah yeah they get the one that went on for walks oh my god but the problem i have with turkey the problem i have with turkey was like is that apparently if every thanksgiving i've ever been to is any indication is that it's a dish for whatever reason <laughs> is best served cold which cold. i'm like why am i getting me some cold turkey yeah i don't like the flavor and it's like mm. why is it always cold oh always the gravy's cold. gonna warm it up right well, uh. by the time we all everybody's talking because everybody's about, waiting for all the other dishes to come out and the turkey oh, and someone's exactly. outside and they didn't get in on time and right now that's cold too and where's john on, we're waiting for him yeah. and it congeals <laughs> and andrew's parents always have a really large thanksgiving so we're you know it's like 20 plus people mom and dad if you're listening i love thanksgiving i we, do yeah. we okay. have recently started brining chickens and there's a gal who we love in new york times she turned us on to cooking whole fish and love her and so we always do whole trout she also does yeah. a feta brined chicken we've also done the jacobson brine which has like lemon peel in it and it's Mm. so good we're brining a chicken once the chicken comes out of the oven and it's got the the sauce around it i put feta cheese into the sauce after the chicken's cooked like all you know the the gravy and i put feta cheese in there and then let it kind of start melting and then we put the chicken on a big bed of arugula and then put all that gravy with the feta cheese in it all around and then the the greens get kind of a little bit heated and they have that the 
wilted a little. It's wilted and it's a dressing. And then a really delicious, like a diced French par cooked and then sauteed potato Mm. so that Mm. it's got that crispiness and it's it's like french fries but in like little cube section so that's good that brine chicken was like amazing and uh it's out of we this really, world yeah we got it we, it's out of this we're world. killing it on the chicken we're but are you saying that's chicken. what we're having for thanksgiving so i'm th- so i was working on the menu last week and then yesterday again and i think i'm also going to bring out some scallops because I think scallops mm. are really fancy. To me, scallops are like, <laughs> like if you're going to have a dinner party and you have a scallop on the, it's just really pretty. It's really fancy. And I always and like easy and it's easy. They're so easy. Last time Audra made scallops, she did this green pea puree, which was phenomenal. I always try to find some sort of like a sauce to, to put the scallops on. So I'll throw anything. I'll throw peas. I'll throw cauliflower. Mm-hmm. Anything in a blender with like some um, some cooking water and some olive oil and just puree it. Mm-hmm. Salt and pepper. You know, real simple. And then you just yeah. smear that on the plate and then you set the scallops on. So I'll definitely have some scallops for Thanksgiving and then probably this brined chicken. Uh, the mm-hmm. other thing I'm playing around with maybe is a bavette steak with like a chimichurri sauce. And we always cook it in cast iron. I love okay. cast iron, cast iron. Mm-hmm. Like you, everyone needs a cast iron pan in their house. I'm sure y'all Live have one, but yes. Absolutely. Um, we'll make a homemade bread and then, you know, a bunch of like roasted vegetables of some sort. So it's going to be pretty spectacular. The it's other thing I was playing around with every Christmas Eve, we used to have a gathering and I would make beef Wellington. Yes, I, that's on my list. I make a beef Wellington every year and it is <laughs> so good. And so I was kind of playing around with like maybe a beef Wellington. And then the other thing I was kind of thinking I was playing in is um, some sort of um, latke, like a potato pancake kind Ooh. of thing with like a horseradish creme fraiche or something like that. So, Which we'll so, be having in Hanukkah no matter what. Right. So first okay. of all that. Also, in terms of giving shout outs to local businesses, the butcher we yeah. often go to is Laurelhurst Market. Great restaurant too. But Laurelhurst Market, my right. butcher of choice. Cast iron pans, mm-hmm. local favorite, Finex, F-I-N-E-X. I love me my phonics cast iron pans. It's the best of both worlds because it's a really solid quality cast iron, way better than Lodge. Mm-hmm. Uh, just in terms of the heat consistency throughout the pan. Also innovative, they've got a cool handle. Ooh. Yeah. So about nine times out of ten, unless you make the unfortunate mistake, which I have made, of putting the pan in the oven, thinking the handle will be cool. Pro tip, it isn't. <laughs> Because it was just in the oven, dummy. It is not. So, note to me, future self, (laughs) even though it has a cool handle, if it's in the oven, it will burn your hand. Okay? (laughs) Hear me now, believe me later. Okay? Exactly. (laughs) To quote Franz. And also, if you do want to stay local and really give back to the community, or consider shopping at local farms, local ranches. Mm -hmm. Willamette Valley Association has a list of local ranches where you can Mm -hmm. actually get steaks that you can buy them. There's a Helvetia Market, Marion Acres Farms, Mm -hmm. um, Kukulon. We just got phenomenal chicken from that place. So Kukulon, Campfire, there's a, a ton of really close local ranches where you can get 
your um, chickens. You can get mm-hmm. your steaks. They don't lamb. make you buy like a whole half a cow. Not if you go to like Helvation Market. So shout out to Helvation Market. They're, um, I actually posted them on our social media last week. They carry all local. So all Oregon. Mm. So you can go in there. And I know they carry the campfire steaks. So you can buy just what you want. You can buy just a chicken. Oh. You can go get on buying a subscription to some of these farms. Buy local. You're going to love it. You're you're going to be much happier buying local. And even Absolutely. you can even get your seafood locally off the coast. Mm-hmm. So buy local and have yeah. a great Thanksgiving and yeah. enjoy it. And make something, since we're all not able to see friends and family because of the conditions at least enjoy your food and have a good dinner at home with a beautiful bottle of pinot noir if that's your thing exactly we just got a whole case of it do we want to talk about bidding wars because we're getting ready for the holiday season here do we want to talk about yeah. it? nothing says christmas more than a bidding war let's talk about bidding to, wars let's do it let's do it. we can talk about how fun. to win one how to win a bidding war yes. which is fascinating to me because it seems like there's not a lot of wiggle room for something like that but apparently so much there is yes okay that's great so much. well happy turkey day everybody and i'll talk to you in a couple weeks grateful doing this with you and thank you michelle thank you thank you thanks for listening to the portland is home team talking real estate podcast For more info about Audra and Andrew, finding your next home, or selling your current home, visit their RealtyWorks website at RealtyWorksGroup.com. And check them out on Instagram at PortlandIsHome. Be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. For help with your podcast, find us at Modcast Productions or ModcastProductions.com. 